Zarathustra's first encounter is with an old saint who had seen him going up to the mountain. Zarathustra climbed down alone from the mountains, Nietzsche writes, and encountered no one. But when he came to the woods, suddenly an old man stood before him who had left his saintly hut in search of roots in the woods. And thus spoke the old man to Zarathustra. This wanderer, the old man says, is no stranger to me. Many years ago, he passed by here. Zarathustra, he was called, but he is transformed. So even from the point of view of this saint, we see that Zarathustra has undergone a transformation of some kind. Back then, he says, you carried your ashes to the mountain. Would you now carry your fire into the valley? Do not fear the arsonist's punishment. So maybe the saint has some experience with people who have tried to undergo a kind of transformation, who have done so and who have come back as preachers or who have come back bearing a message, who have come back trying to set the world ablaze with the fire of their conversion. And there's a kind of arsonist's punishment for these people. So he's suspicious, perhaps, of Zarathustra. He's wondering, have you come down here now to try to proselytize or what? Well, he says, I recognize Zarathustra. His eyes are pure and no disgust is visible around his mouth. Does he not stride like a dancer? And maybe we're invited to think here that when he was leaving up into the mountains, his eyes were not pure and there was disgust visible around his mouth. Maybe one of the reasons that he went to the mountain was to escape the source of his disgust. The old man continues, Zarathustra is transformed. Zarathustra has become a child. An awakened one is Zarathustra. And now we'll return to this image of the child a few chapters later. But you should see here that he recognizes the childlike nature of Zarathustra's current state. What do you want now among the sleepers? He asks. You lived in your solitude as if in the sea, and the sea carried you. Alas, you want to climb ashore. Alas, you want to drag your own body again. So this saint, he lives in the woods. He's away from humanity to a certain extent. He understands as much as he can that there is a kind of desire for purification, that there is the possibility of transformation. And he's asking Zarathustra, why, having gone through all of that, why would you want to climb back into the world of other human beings? Why are you descending? Why are you going under? Why are you coming back? Zarathustra answered, I love mankind. Why, asked the saint, did I go into the woods in the wilderness in the first place? Was it not because I loved mankind all too much? Now I love God. Human beings I do not love. Human beings are too imperfect a thing for me. Love for human beings would kill me. So, love of mankind, Zarathustra is going back down to distribute the blessings of 10 years of mountain living. And the saint, no love of mankind, but rather love of God. And Zarathustra here somehow retracts his statement. Why did I speak of love? He says, I bring mankind a gift. Zarathustra is a gift bringer. There's something that he has to bestow or that he wants to bestow, a kind of generosity of spirit in Zarathustra. He's not going there to do what some others have done who have descended to humanity. You know, he doesn't say here that he's bringing them a promise of salvation. He doesn't say here that he's coming to do 
anything other so far than what we saw in the previous section and what he says here to bring mankind a gift. But the saint says, don't. Don't give them anything. Take something off them and help them to carry it. That will do them the most good. So possibly a reference here to taking on the sins of the people, to taking on their burdens, their suffering, their weight, to bearing their cross. Take something off them and help them to carry it. And if you want to give them something, give them nothing more than alms and make them beg for that too. And Zarathustra says, no, I don't give alms for that. I'm not poor enough. Zarathustra is too rich to go around treating people like charity cases. Zarathustra is too overabundant to go around considering orienting himself towards people's suffering or burden or cross. He has something else, so it seems. Again, this solar overabundance, so to speak. And we'll have to see what it is. We don't know. We're just starting to read together. We're just starting to get an ear for what it is that Zarathustra says in this book for all and none. The saint laughed at Zarathustra and spoke thus. See to it that they accept your treasures, the people. They're mistrustful of hermits and do not believe that we come to give gifts. So you get a sense that this hermit maybe himself has tried to bring some message back to the people. He's learned they're mistrustful of hermits. He's learned they don't believe that they come bearing gifts. He's learned their suspicion towards men of solitude and isolation, of separation. People who live on the outskirts of society, who live outside of the political community, like the saint does. But remember, the saint never went to the mountains. He lived in the woods. So we have a different kind of spiritual, psychological topography, as you'll see. You've got the mountain, you've got the woods, the outskirts of town. And you have to pay attention as Nietzsche presents you with these different figures and figurizations, how to keep them separate and how to see what they mean and what they represent. To them, continues the saint, our footsteps sound too lonely in the lanes. And if at night, lying in their beds, they hear a man walking outside long before the sun rises, they probably ask themselves, where is the thief going? So they don't get, just like to a certain extent, the Athenians did not get Socrates. They thought he was a corrupter of the youth, whereas he understood himself to be, maybe, if anything, the only person who improves the souls of the young. Well, here too, these solitary hermit-type figures, like the saint and like Zarathustra, the people don't understand them. They think they're thieves. They mistake them for something that they're not. Well, for all we know, maybe there is something thieving about Zarathustra. We'll have to see what he threatens to take away, if anything, and what it is that he promises to give. But for sure, the people do not recognize their own prophets, so to speak. Do not go to mankind, the saint implores of Zarathustra. Stay in the woods. Go even to the animals instead. Why do you not want to be like me? A bear among bears, a bird among birds. That's how the saint lives. The saint lives with the animals like an animal. Now, you may know Aristotle wrote in the politics that somebody who can live outside of a political community must either be a beast or a god. The saint here lives outside of a political community, but he doesn't live like a god. 
He lives a bear among bears, a bird among birds, in some sense, like a beast among beasts. And from that status, from that state, he worships, as we said earlier, God, and he loves God, but he is not himself a God and he's outside of the political community. And he wants Zarathustra to be in that state as well. Maybe he doesn't know that Zarathustra lived not like a bear among bears and a bird among birds, but something not reducible to human, because remember, he went back down to humanity, maybe something more than man among his eagle and his snake. So we don't even know yet here if the saint knows what he thinks he knows about Zarathustra. But Zarathustra asks him, what does the saint do in the woods? The saint answered, I make songs and sing them. And when I make songs, I laugh, weep, and growl. Thus, I praise God. And again, that growl gives you a sense of the beast-like or animal-like nature. But in any case, he makes songs and sings in the woods as praise to God. With singing, weeping, laughing, and growling, I praise God the God who is my God. But tell me, the saint asks Zarathustra, what do you bring us as a gift? When Zarathustra had heard these words, he took his leave of the saint and spoke. What would I have to give to you? But let me leave quickly before I take something from you. And so they parted the oldster and man laughing like two boys laugh. But when Zarathustra was alone, he spoke thus to his heart. Could it be possible? This old saint in his woods has not yet heard the news that God is dead. So Zarathustra's first encounter with this figure of the saint, the saint living a kind of monastic life among the animals, but not among other people. Maybe monastic is the wrong word there, but in any case, you understand solitary life away from the people praising God. And he has not yet heard, or perhaps he has not yet heard the news and what is this news? We're going to have to find out. Whatever you might think you know about Nietzsche, whatever you might believe you've heard about this text, we approach it in a sort of naive and innocent spirit so that we can learn from it as we go along. The saint hears what Zarathustra seems to know, that God is dead. So that's his first encounter. And we're going to see in the next section that it's only the first of many yet to come.